Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Amen. All right, John chapter 8, we're in the Exalted Christ series, and we want to say this, we want to see him higher so that we can live higher for him. Amen. He came that we might have life and have it to the full. There is a high life that comes from the spirit of the living God. And so that's what this series is all about. That's what this book is all about. And the title of today's message is The Two Voices. The Two Voices. And this is a very interesting passage of scripture last week. I started, uh, I mentioned that we were going to be um, witnessing, in a sense, the stern side of God. Sometimes God has a stern side to him. And the, the, even though God loves everyone, he presents himself to us differently based on how we respond to him. And so uh, this is a very interesting and a very intense conversation. It's all about two voices. And before we read the text, I want to just say this up front. Here's what Jesus is going to teach us today. He's going to teach us that we can choose the voice of life or the voice of lies. And this is ongoing all the time. And again, this, is, this conversation today is between Jesus and Pharisees. It's between Jesus and the religious establishment. And this is one of those conversations that we're supposed to watch and learn so that we could find ourselves on the right side of this conversation. So you have to look at this passage of scripture and really say, I want to learn from this. And I want to be on the right side of this because this is an intense, intense uh, uh, um, exchange here. A lot of people don't like to hear that sometimes God rebukes people and sometimes God talks very strong. But remember, Jesus turned over tables right here in the Lord's house. So let's go ahead and read. We're picking up from last week. John uh, chapter 8, he said, I'm telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. And he said, this was last week's text, if you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you're looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We're not illegitimate children, they pro protested. The only father we have is God himself. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God and I have not come on my own. God sent me. Let's keep going. 
Why is my language not clear to you? This is a very important text. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. Everybody say, oh, snap. Jesus is talking strong. And I just want to say, we need to be on the right side of this conversation. Okay? He says, uh, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do, you do not believe me. Can you prove me guilty of sin? Was anyone ever in the history of time ever able to prove Jesus guilty of sin? The answer is no, because he was perfectly pure and holy. How many would say amen? He said, if I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? And here's what he said. Whoever belongs to God, hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Very, very strong words. Now, this is not what this message is about, but I need to stop and point this out. Maybe you're here and you're not used to coming to church and you find it a little like, you're like shocked that Jesus would say to someone, your father is the devil. Well, here's a, here's a principle that you have to understand from the, this is even before before the earth was created. This happened all the way back in eternity past. Okay, there's a universal principle. It's found in the book of James, okay? And the book of James says that God gives grace, but listen to this. Grace is God doing for you what you can't do for yourself. But it says, but God opposes the proud. Everyone say opposes the proud. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. So what you see unfolding here is what happened when God kicked, the, God kicked Satan. His name was Lucifer. God kicked him out of heaven. Satan was the worship leader in the kingdom of God before the earth was created. He was beautiful. He was, he was a beautiful, amazing archangel. And as beautiful as he was, as high as a position that he had, he wanted more than God wanted for him. He wanted to be like God. And he became proud. And he, he literally desired God's place. And, and, and he was kicked out of heaven. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. The minute that there was sin entered, in, entered into the holy presence of the throne room of God in eternity past, he was cast out because God is holy and he doesn't, he doesn't, he can't stand sin. And so he just rejected him and he kicked him out. And that's been an abiding principle from the very beginning. It doesn't, you see, sin is not our our. Our problem. You know why? Because Jesus died for our sins. Some people think, and actually one of Pastor Man's classmates said, because of, 
because of what I do and because of what I've done and where I've been, I just don't believe that I could be forgiven. And Pastor Matt was telling me, listen, you can be forgiven because Jesus paid the price and the blood of Jesus can wash all sin. The problem is not sin. The problem is pride. When we say to God, I know better than you. I don't agree with your word. I don't agree with your way. I don't agree with you. Now you're in trouble. You see? Getting on the wrong side of the conversation with God is to do what these Pharisees are doing. Jesus is saying one thing, and they're literally arguing. I don't agree with you. Well, listen, there's a lot of people you could say, I don't agree with, but it is a very foolish thing to say to Jesus, I don't agree with you, because how many know he is the king of glory? He is the way, the truth, and the life. That's why we have, to be, we have to be sensitive to his words. We have, to, we have to bow our hearts. When you open the word of God, whatever it says, bow down. Because if you bow down, no matter how jacked up you are, he will help you and he will lift you up if you bow down. How many know when we go down, then he lifts us up? You see? So this is a spiritual principle that you can't get around. The bottom line is this. You don't say to God, no, I don't agree with you. And this is what they were saying. Now, essentially, here's what this, this text is saying to all of us. There's one big cosmic battle. Seven billion times. There's seven billion people on the planet. It's happening over and over and over again. And here it is. Okay? There are two voices and one set of ears. Okay? Two voices one set of ears. And what Jesus is saying to them is you guys can't even hear my voice because you're listening to the devil's voice. And what Jesus is saying, and we're going to unpack this in a moment, what Jesus is saying is you guys have not developed an ear for my voice. You've actually developed an ear for the devil's voice. And this is a very important thing, guys. Because some people, they develop an ear for the wrong voice. So that the spiritual things, the biblical things are strange. How many know biblical things are not strange? Biblical things are true because the Bible is true. But it's possible for you to say, well, I don't know the Bible. I don't know this. This is the way they say. This is what, this is what they, they say in the educational system. Or this is what the psychologists say. And this is what the philosophers say. This is what the musicians say. This is what the superstars say. No, God's word is above all other voices. How many would say amen? But you have to learn how to develop a voice. Here's, here's, let me give you a quick illustration. I, I had a dog, his name was Luther. He's a big boy. That's with Luther right there. I miss him. Luther was an Italian Mastiff. Luther was like a, 120 pounds. We, and you know, we got so busy and started traveling that we had to, we actually gave him away to a great family and he's in Tennessee, I believe, and he lives, they treat him like a king. And, uh, and when I, I mean, I, quick story, I probably shouldn't be telling the story because it eats up time, but I have to tell you. He was so smart, this dog, 
that um, in our house, you know those, those uh, handles that, that are not round, they're like sideways so you can push it down. So Luther would walk in any room he wanted because he would just take that big mug right there and go like this and he just open the door and go. You know? So he got used to like, like we had to lock the door if we didn't want Luther to come in because then nobody was stopping him. He, he had no manners that way, you know what I mean? So now he's living with this family and he did that with them and so they changed all the locks they put around. So this brother's no joke. So now I heard that they were, there was a, a, a um, actually Mike Richard's sister was visiting. She kind of helped us find this family and she has a dog and the dog is old. And so the dog sometimes will cry and has to, you know, go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. So she has to get up. So they were staying at the house. The dog started crying in the middle of the night. She got up and then she watched Luther because when the dog started crying, Luther got up and he goes up to the door and he puts his big mug on the round thing. And he goes like this and he forces it and he opened the dog and let the dog out so he could go do his business. This is a smart brother right here. Now look, we got Luther trained when we first got him because I did a lot of research on the dog. He's, a, he's called a bully breed. And what that means is, is that if you don't train him correctly, dogs, there's a pecking order in the mind, they're pack, they have a pack mindset, and dogs only listen to those people who they consider to be over them. So when we got them trained, they told me, listen, you have to take them through these drills and everyone in your family has to take them through the drills. Because if, who, if whoever doesn't take them through the drills, what's going to happen is, is that when they tell him what to do, he's gonna say, I'm above you in this pack. So I don't have to listen to you. So I was like so crazy about training the dog and I used to have him sit and walk all the way down the block. And I mean, I was like, this was like a big deal. I was into this with the dog. My family, not so much. So I remember Chrissy arguing with Luther in the other side of the house. <laughs> She'd be yelling and screaming at him, and Luther, move, or whatever, and he wouldn't move, and then she would go like this. She would go, ow, and then Luther would jump and run. Because he said, uh-oh, daddy's coming. You see? What does this mean? It means that they were saying, look, you have to help the dog develop an ear for your voice. Okay? We have to help the dog. Now, you can take this down. Now here, I wanna pray now, you see, because here's what this passage is saying. You have to ask God to help you to develop an ear for his voice. You see, every day, all day, God is speaking. Wisdom cries aloud in the streets, the Bible says. But we as Christians, we have to be able to have an ear. That's why over and over and over again, in Jesus, during his ministry on the earth, he would say, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Amen? And so this is serious business, what we're talking about right now, because... Because a big factor in your life and in my life is how well do you hear the voice of God?
Some people don't even expect to hear the voice of God. Well, you should expect to hear the voice of God. Later on, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So I want to pray. But what I want to do today, what Jesus is doing through this is he's giving us a grid so that we can discern between voices. So let's pray because we want to develop an ear for the voice of God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. And Lord, I just pray right now that, um, that there would be a, a powerful spiritual transaction today. I pray that the Bible would come alive. And I pray that even in 2018, I pray that the voice of Jesus would become clear to his people. I pray, Lord, that regardless of all the other voices, all of the deception, all of the destruction, God, that we would have an ear. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and we fear you, Father. We bow our hearts before you. We want to receive. Bless this word, and I pray that you would bless every one of us because, Lord, sometimes there are areas where we don't hear. But let us hear, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen, amen and Amen. So what, what we're going to do now is this is really a two-point message. We're going to talk about the two key facets of the devil's voice. We'll wrap it up with, with the voice of Christ but two key facets of the devil's voice that we have to be very intimately acquainted with. You know, Jesus said, for example, my people die for lack of knowledge. We have to be wise. We have to be sharp. Our ears have to be open. We have to be able to discern when satanic propaganda is coming against us. You know, we have to... We have to we have to be walking around and hearing different things going on and be able to say, mm, 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 mm. You know, it doesn't, you, can, you can shout loud, bang in your chest, say, mm, mm, mm. Because that does not jive. It doesn't align itself with the word of God. So look at what Jesus says very quickly here. Okay, first of all, Jesus says that the devil speaks from who he is. The devil speaks from who he is. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. And he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. In other words, the devil speaks on the basis of what his character is. And he's a murderer who wants to shut us down and destroy us. And he's a liar who wants to shut down the truth. He wants to enslave us. So here's the gist of what, of what, uh, um, what Satan is like. He uses essentially four types of lies. And as a murderer, he wants to destroy life. 
You never have a moment with the devil that there's any hint of good. Okay, any deal with the devil is a deal that will lead you to destruction. He's a murderer. You understand? He's also a liar. So anytime you deal with the devil, he wants to distort the truth. So here's basically, he comes at us four basic ways. First of all, he's a fraud. In other words, what he's doing on a consistent basis is he takes reasons or, or, or so-called logic and he tries to, to make it sound good, but it's really a lie. It's a lie. So you have to even judge, is that really logical? Is that really true? Just because someone said it, just because someone has letters behind their name, does that mean that that gives them authority? Absolutely not. So he, he wants to tamper with reasoning, with basic logic. He, he, he uses fantasy as another type of lie, useless dreams, pornography, uh, hours in front of the TV, hours in front of things that, that, that just put us to sleep and make us dream. And, and, and it's just a lie. The Bible says he who chases fantasies lack, lack judgment. Then there's fear. He wants to get you worried all the time but God has not given us a spirit of fear but the devil will say you're being so responsible it's good that you worry about that it's good that you you got to do something right you got to do something no devil in the name of Jesus I trust Jesus I'm gonna let him do something I'm gonna trust him to do something Stop. So we justify our depression but it's the devil talking to us and saying you got a good reason for to be to be depressed no you don't Christ is on the throne. On our worst day, Jesus is alive and in power, and he's, he's there ready to help us. Remember, how many know we're going to heaven? Hallelujah. We're going to heaven. We're going to heaven. Hallelujah. We're going to heaven. Yeah, we're going to have troubles in this life, but we're going to heaven. You see? Then he gets you to, he, he uses failure, that sense of unbelief, like I can, I can, I can, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, and so we need to understand that what he's trying to do is just constantly deceive. He's trying constantly, he's constantly trying to deceive. You can take that off the screen. But he's trying to deceive your heart. And what we have to understand is that it, from the very beginning, he shows up and he says to Eve, did God really say that? Yeah, he said this. He said, that's, he knows that, that that's not the truth. So, so many of us, could I borrow your Bible, whoever's Bible that is? So look, so many of us, we, now, this is what I'm talking about, right? Come on, she gets a hand. Look, when you get the pink tape, now that's power right there. This is a Bible with some mileage right here. 
Come on, this is what I'm talking about. See, look at this, look at this, look at it. Mark your Bible, come on. Kingdom confirmation, prophetic encounter. I'm gonna preach this message right now. I'm gonna, just, uh, I'm gonna preach this one right here and get back to you. See? In other words, look, you and I every day, here's what it is. Here's what it is. So the devil will tell you, you know what it is? It's this. You know what it is? It's that. And every one of us, every day, you wake up and the devil has a packet of, you know what it is? It's this. And what that really is, it's a lie. <laughs> Fill it in. Fill it in today. Fill it in right now. You know what it is? You know what your problem is? You know what the problem is? It's that person. It's this. It's that. It's this. It's that. It's this. It's that. And as long as he's got you there, he's got your heart. We need to be right here. You see? We need to be right here. She's got this underlined. The Lord has spoken. Hallelujah. Surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Hallelujah. So take your, you know what it is? Set it aside and say, I trust in you, Lord. I celebrate you. Hallelujah. Do it in the basement. Do it in the kitchen. Do it in the living room. I trust you. You're my salvation, my fortress, my, my victory, oh God. Watch things start to change. You see, things start to change. But you have, thank you so much. You have to. You have to stop listening to lies. He's a liar. He's a liar. You know, he's a liar. That's what it is. And he said he was a liar from the beginning. And, and essentially, essentially, however you're doing today or whatever's really dominating your life today. You know, I, I think about I need to move on, but I think about, about certain people who, instead of getting sweeter as they get older, they get more angry and grouchy, okay? Why do people grow one way or the other? There was a song I remember when I, when I first came to the church there was a song that was, I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over. And then it was, like, it gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. No, I can't sing, but that's all right. <laughs> oh, what a love between my Lord and I. Falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. How many have fallen in love with Jesus over and over and over again? <laughs> See, look, it doesn't mean that your life gets easier because it doesn't. In fact, the closer you are to God, chances are the more attacks you're going to have. But the closer you are to him, even though he's attacking you, you just can sing. It gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. You know... You could even say to God, God, my heart is broken. 
but my life with you is sweet. And there's going to be a day when you and I join and meet together, and then there'll be no more brokenness and nothing but sweetness. How many would say amen? Hallelujah. So one of our big burdens, one of our big concerns, one of our, our huge, the huge prayer that we have as leaders for you as, as our flock is that you would develop an ear for the voice of God. You see, because things really change. We have to understand that the devil is a liar. He's a liar. And so you got to listen to those negative things that are coming at you and say, devil, you're a liar. It's a big deal when you start to take authority over the voices in your head. Can I tell you one more thing about this issue? I need to get to the next point. We're going to pray. When we do leadership teaching, we're going to start talking to you a little bit more about what's happening with us doing leadership teaching here at Chicago Tabernacle. One of the first classes, we talk about the importance of spending time with God because when you spend time with Jesus, then you can take authority over the voices that come at you when you leave his presence. You see, you spend time with Jesus, you walk out, you go on to your job, it's nine o'clock, filthy mouth, filthy stories, filthy pictures, filthy this, filthy that, but how many know that time with Jesus? Uh, thou, O oh Lord, are a shield about me. You're my glory and the lifter of my head. Hallelujah. You see? So that it's coming at you, but it doesn't really hit you. You see, and so we have to understand that the devil is a liar and we need to have an ear for the voice of Jesus. And he said that the devil speaks based on who he is. He's a liar. A little bit more. Then secondly, secondly, the devil speaks to silence God's voice. See, what the devil wants to do is talk to you so much that you don't really hear God's voice. He said, why is my language not clear? It's because you're unable to hear what I say. You're unable to hear what I say. So here's what I mean by that, and I learned this early on. How many, uh, uh, well, don't raise your hand, but you know, some people, when you are at least in the world, you always had to have like secular music on, or you always had to have the TV on. And all day, all day, you just had to have that noise going, going, going. That noise, that noise, that noise, going, going, going. And really, all of those messages, you were just getting full. All of the filthy, think about all the filthiness of all the music right now. Whether it be Beyonce or Jay-Z or whomever. Justin Bieber or whatever. Right? People are listening to that and they're listening to that and they're listening and they're just full, 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 full. And all of it is filth, garbage, lies. Filth, garbage, lies. Filth, garbage, lies. Then the truth comes at you and you go, huh? Why? Because you've stuffed so much craziness into your head. Radar movies, radar movies, radar movies, radar movies, radar movies. 
You stuff so much filth inside of you, that's what he wants to do, that when the voice of truth comes, you're like, what is that? There's like a whisper in the air. What is that? What is that? You know, and a lot of times that's the way when God calls us, it's like a whisper because we're like, it's like a distant, I love you, come, 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 I love you. But we're like, you see? Look at what um, C.S. Lewis said. You want to read a good book about this? Go get the, the book, The Screwtape Letters. This is ingenious. An incredible book. Look at what he said. He said, it's funny how mortals always picture us as putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. The best work that he does is keep things out. And he knows that if he can just keep things out, he can destroy us. You see, if he can just, by, by the, the cleverness of his lies, if he can keep things out, he can destroy us. And here's how it fleshes out. Now remember, we're listening to this conversation, but now let's enter into the conversation ourselves. Okay, so watch this. This is now, this is now the devil at work. I want to give you a verse out of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Look at what Paul said to the Corinthians. He said, we can demolish every, everyone deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every, we should have made this bold too, arrogant attitude, okay, that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow to obedience, in obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, greater is he that is in, the, in us than he that is in the world. We have the weaponry to take authority over the lies of the devil. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. And he can come at us, but he must bow down if we take authority and if we use those weapons. Listen, since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose to complete obedience. And so here's what he's saying. Look, what I do is, you know, I used to, I used to live in the world and now I live for Jesus and when the enemy tries to get me to think like I used to, those demonic thoughts, I make those thoughts prisoners of war. I say, you used to control me, but now I control you in the name of Jesus. I resist that lie in the name of Jesus. You will bow down to the anointed one. You see, and we need to start applying this in our own hearts. Now, now I, wanna, I wanna show you something very quickly. That deceptive family, most likely in your Bible, it says stronghold, okay? And I discovered in my study Bible that in Aramaic, the way they would des describe stronghold is rebellious castles. Look, give me the next slide very quickly. So I was reading this, okay? I read different translations when I'm studying for a message. And this, this is the passage of scripture, but then, down here in the study section, there were these things that they were pointing out. And look, 
The Aramaic word for strongholds or deceptive fantasy in this case can also be translated rebellious castles. Some people don't recognize that they've allowed the enemy into their head and what he has right in their minds are rebellious castles. Okay? Rebellious castles. Paul seems to be referring to demonic strongholds or listen, or centers of opposition to the light of the gospel. Centers of opposition in someone's mind or heart. Paul is using the concept of, of taking prisoners of war, but in this case, the prisoners held captive are faulty patterns of thought. You and I have to take faulty patterns of thought and say, I will make that thought a prisoner of war. That thought will not bind me. I will bind that thought in the name of Jesus. This is why if you don't engage in this war, let me tell you something, this is the battle you gotta be fighting. Okay, this is the battle. So we need to understand, it's kind of like this. Look, in the city of Chicago, there are about 80 zip codes in the city of Chicago. Actually, it was Pastor Matt who said this a couple weeks ago when I heard it, I said, I gotta use that as an illustration. We're talking about a situation about, we were literally talking about a situation right here in this church. Okay? So, because this is where we live. And he said, you know, the problem is, he says some people, they love God, but there are certain zip codes of their heart that they just won't give to Jesus. You know what? When you don't give a zip code to Jesus, here's what your heart looks like. Okay, so look, we're 60641. This is where you are right now, all right? The heart, the mind is very complicated, very complex. I think this is a really strong illustration. So imagine certain zip codes that instead of them being full of the light of Jesus, there's a rebellious castle right here, you see? There's a part of you, nobody's telling me what to do, okay? No, you can't tell me what to do. This is America. Rebellious castle. It's not, it doesn't matter who's telling you what. The matter is, is are they telling you the truth or not? What do you mean? I can be whatever I want to be. I can do whatever I want to do. Yeah, that's true but you could also end up imprisoned right inside of your own heart. You see? So it's kind of like this. How many times has the Lord said, don't get into that? It could be, look, don't start that line of conversation. That line of conversation is not good for you. Anybody ever have the Holy Spirit say, inside right hey you 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 want it you know you want to say that thing you know you just you feel like if i don't get that thing out i'm going to explode but the holy spirit says Shh. because you're going to feel good for a second 
and then you're going to feel bad for about two weeks. Or, no, don't go to that place. Don't go in that, in that place? Could you take Jesus in there and fellowship with Jesus in that place? Right? I mean, think about it. I remember hearing about a businessman, a, a good friend of mine when I was in Omaha, and he's, his job was to entertain this, these clients. He was in sales, big, big sales. This dude's super mega successful. And when he wrote a deal, it was a big deal. So he's with these guys and he's entertained. And basically he told me, they, they said, look, you spend however much money you want on these clients, whatever you just, so they, he gives them the fanciest meal, spends time, they're laughing. And then at the end, they're walking out and they're in Thailand or whatever and prostitution is crazy. And one of the clients says, hey, let's go get some women. You know, and he's, and he's hosting. He said, no, we're not doing that. At least I'm not paying for that. You guys could go, but I'm not doing that. He says, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a married man. I'm not going to do that. You know, he said, I'm not going for that. Sorry, deal or no deal. How many know we can't be bought by the devil? So I'm like, dude, did you write the deal? He said, of course I wrote the deal. Because they know that I'm, a, I'm not a lying backstabber. This is the guy they want to do business with. You know? And so, yes, he did the deal. But even if he didn't do the deal, you have to understand. It's like you go to that place. You walk in there. Right? You walk, in, you walk into that, that. We're talking. You walk into that strip club. You walk into that club, you walk into that bar, you walk into that situation, okay? You go to lunch with that woman or you go to lunch with that man or you do this or do that and the Holy Spirit is shouting, no, no, no. Don't give any zip code in the name of Jesus. Not one zip code belongs to him. See, last service whom the sun sets free is what? So if you've been set free, why would you give him back some strong, some, some zip codes of your heart? You see, that's what this is all about. Now remember, seven billion battles, two voices, one set of ears, right? Two voices, one says this young lady right here. Two voices, one set of ears. You put that finger on every single person here. It never ends until we see him face to face. You see? So Jesus said, look. Look. You can't hear me right now. You know why you can't hear me? It's because you've given a father's authority to the devil. We're supposed to learn from our father. Some people turn over the Father's authority to the devil. You see? You know, it's like, it's kind of like this, and I'll close with this. I got one more point to make. I remember talking to someone, and, um, and, I, and I, I want you to know, you know, I want you to know. Like there's, I'm thinking about someone right now who's been coming to our church on and off since practically we opened the doors. And I'm telling you right now, they call, we listen.
we're ready, okay? I've, I've begged this person, cried with this person, pleaded with this person. I, I can't even tell you, I can't even tell you, you know, how many times this person has been set free, and you know what, they're not here today, they haven't been here in like six weeks, or who knows, maybe six months, I don't know, like, they had a tragic thing happen a while ago, but the Lord was merciful, they came back for three weeks, then gone, you know, and, and, and as far as we're concerned, and you need to know this, you need to know this, no matter how much you destroy your life, okay, you come back, we will be here to help you pick up the pieces. That's right. We will be here. Not angry, not upset. But, but, wouldn't it be better if we just followed the voice of Jesus? Two voices. A battle over who you will give your ears to because whoever you give your ear to, you're actually giving your heart to. Whoever you give your ear to, you're actually giving. So here's what I'm praying. I'm praying that when you leave here and you put the radio on or you put the TV on or you put this on or you put that on or you hear this, you're, I'm praying in the name of Jesus that you'll be, oh, that's devil's voice. That's devil. You're gonna, in, people might be talking, but you're gonna go, mm. It's just going to be blah, 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 but you're not going to get one truth out of it. How many would say amen? Not one drop of it. See, because your life will become sweet. Not perfect, but sweet, blessed. Even, even, do you know, you can, I've learned this. I've had my heart broken and walked with the Lord in the park and said, God, my heart is broken, but I love you. And God, I know in whom I have believed. And I know, God, you're going to turn this thing around. And I know, Lord Jesus, we have light and momentary sufferings. But it is nothing compared to the surpassing glory that we will be experiencing on that day. There's a surpassing glory. There's a surpassing glory when you listen to the voice of Jesus. So look, the devil... He speaks from who he is. He tries to silence God's voice. And here's what Jesus said. He said a lot, but we're, we're closing this out. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus speaks. He speaks from who he is. Look, he said, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. Jesus was the son of the most high God. The Bible says, that he emptied himself of all of his glory. You want to talk about the biggest emotion in history? The biggest emotion in history was Jesus becoming a man. Why did he become a man? It's because he loved us with an everlasting love. You see, he said, I've not come on my own. God sent me. And Jesus came because he loved us. Jesus came because he loved us. And I want to close with this thought, and then we're going to pray. Okay? Could you give me the next slide, please? 
The character of Jesus is not murder. It's not lies. The character of Jesus is love. And because of his love, he is sent by the Father. Because of his love, he, he lived a holy, obedient life without sin. And because of his love, he was able to live out the truth, and he was the truth and still is the truth that sets men free. How many are thankful for the love of Jesus today? <laughs> Lift your hands to him. Lift your hands to him. I want to... I want to I wanna give every zip code of my heart to Jesus today. I want to give every zip code. Zip codes of pain, zip codes of trauma, zip codes of, 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 uh, of the past, zip codes of, of, uh, of hurt, of confusion, zip codes of depression. Today, not one rebellious castle, not one stronghold. Today, we want to give all of our heart to him. He loves us, and we want to love him back. That's what we want to do. We want to give it all to him. How many would say amen? Blessed be your name. We love you, God. We lift our hands. Hallelujah. We give you all of our heart. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Jesus, we love you. Oh. closed I want you to just fellowship with Jesus right now in the spirit you're, you're fellowshipping you're worshiping you're reaching you're surrendering you're loving right from your heart your heart to his heart and as we're doing that today this is delicate but I want everyone to put your hand 
upon your heart right now. We're gonna pray for one another in a moment, but no one can surrender your heart and no one can surrender your zip codes to Jesus except you. And today is a day to say, Lord, I wanna surrender every zip code. I want to surrender. Maybe you're here today and there's a zip code that is that you know there are a, a couple of key areas that the devil has built a castle. The devil has built a stronghold. The devil makes you even oppose the word of God in that particular area. And you have the reasoning, you have the logic, but you know it's a fraud. And you you have the 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 the, the emotions, you have the feelings, but you know it's a lie. And today you want to say, God, take charge of every zip code. So come on, let's begin to pray. Have every zip code of our heart, oh God. Every zip code, zip code of desire, zip code of appetites, zip codes of preferences and choices, zip codes of the past and pain. We give our hearts to you, Lord. We give our hearts to you, Lord. We give up depression in the name of Jesus. We refuse, Lord. We no longer accept Satan's logic of negativity over our lives. We no longer accept that logic of negativity. In the name of Jesus, we no longer accept the, the logic of craving and lust and desire and say, I must have it and I have to do it and I, I can't go without it. We reject that lie. May that stronghold be torn down in the name of Jesus. Strongholds of unforgiveness, strongholds of bitterness, strongholds of pain. God, you want to heal us today. We receive your healing, oh God. Do it by your mighty power, oh God. Do it by your mighty power. Jesus, we love you. Take someone's hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your sweet spirit in this place today. Thank you for your kind and gentle spirit, oh God, the spirit that sets men free. 
Come on, I want you to pray for one voice for your brother's life. God, give us an ear for the voice of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, pray to your left, pray to your right. We want the voice of Jesus in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds. God, we pray for the voice of Jesus. We want the word of Jesus. God, whom the sun sets free, we want the freedom that comes from the truth. We want the way and the life, oh God. God, we pray your best for your people. We pray your best for every brother, for every sister, Lord. By your mighty power, we pray for your best for them. Help us to develop an ear for your voice, oh God. Help us to develop a love for your word. Give us an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Give us an ear for your voice. Make us carriers of your voice. God, I pray, Lord, now that we've received from you as we go from this place, let us speak, Lord, with your voice. Let us be agents and instruments of your voice, oh God. Use us for your glory as we walk out of this place. And we thank you for the freedom that your truth brings to every life. God, it's been so good to be in your house with your people. Now bless every brother and sister as they go until we meet again, should you tarry. In the mighty name of Jesus, come on, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord.